0: Welcome
1: back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we're continuing our coverage on Sheila E., her 1987 eponymous album in our lead up to Sign of the Times Super Deluxe. It's almost here. It's so close, even though stupid Amazon delayed our delivery of it.
0: I was bold enough to take a vacation day on September 25th when I, oh, I think I set that up back in June. Yes. So that I could be home, not yeah. knowing that I would be home anyway. Receive the thing, unpack it, and spend eight hours listening to it from start to finish, and I'll just be not doing that on Friday. Thank you, Amazon. Uh huh. I will say Amazon.com has failed me on both 1999 Super Deluxe and Sign of the Time Super Deluxe, even though I ordered it on the first pre-order hour.
1: Yes,
2: which was your both, birthday.
0: They will both arrive late, and the estate has failed me, ordered yep. originals from them on the first hour of availability, and it didn't ship on time, nor did it include the cinematic mix of Nothing Compares to You, which was a Target-only exclusive So I went to Target and bought that on release day and had it a week before originals came. I can't get good music service. No. (sighs) I know, it's frustrating. You can't see me, but I'm sitting cross-legged in a zen stance. (laughs) I've got a box of sand and a tiny rake. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm trying to calm myself. He's trying to control his rage. So this is part of everything that we've been covering leading up to Sign of the Times Super Deluxe that you will not find on the set. So far we've covered uh, the Sign of the Times concert film, which is mired in legal mambo jumbo and won't be included. covered Jill Jones, and now we're on to Sheila E. Mm Mm-hmm. Our second of two episodes. That's right. We
1: were going to try and do it all in one, but there was just a little too much.
0: Yeah, we thought, why tax ourselves?
1: I'm going to be taxed, I think, over the next uh, few months when it comes to talking about preparing for editing our Sign of the Times Deluxe coverage. Because it's going to be wild. It's
0: going to be Sign of the Very Long Times. (laughs) Yes. You know, if we can cover a disc a week and it's Every other week. Yeah, every other week. Sorry. And there's eight in the set, plus more material that we'll be covering that's not included after we get through the set. I think we're set through like spring. Yeah. Like Dar- Dr. Fauci calls us to see how you doing <laughs> on Sign of the Times.
1: Are you done yet? Because we might be able to end the yeah. pandemic
0: if... <laughs> we want to time this right with your podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Fauci. Big fan of the podcast, Dr. <laughs> Fauci.
1: Sure. Because he's not busy doing anything else.
0: No. And he's got great taste and, Uh you know. That's right. Good man. Yeah. So we covered the entire eponymous album Mm
1: -hmm. in the last
0: episode. And now we've got some remixes, some B-sides, and some unreleased material from that time period.
1: Yep. In my research, as I was poking around looking Uh for information, I found some interviews and stuff. And, of course, I'll post those on social media. You can find us on Facebook. The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. Or you can send me an email at TMATSpodcast at gmail.com. I still have stickers left.
0: Oh,
2: Mountains and the Sea
1: stickers? Mountains and the Sea stickers. So I normally say that at the end, and not everybody makes it quite all the way to the end. So I thought I would say it at the beginning of the episode. So if you would like a sticker... And you have not gotten one yet, I will mail them out until I don't have any more left.
0: Beautifully, beautifully designed stickers. They
1: are extremely nice. And they are actually very, very good quality. They stick on cars quite well. And laptops. (laughs) Not that you have to sticker those things. You can sticker whatever you like. But if you'll just send me an email or a direct message, you know, don't send me your... Address publicly, please. The only thing I'm going to use your address for is to mail you a sticker. So. Oh,
0: you don't have the the deep throat database of <laughs> mountains in the sea listeners. I thought we were curating something here.
1: Uh, no. Okay. But you know, save the post office. I'll mail you a sticker. That's right. There we go. All right. But while I was doing my research for this episode and trying to find links to as much as I could, um, I found an. Interview that said Sheila didn't really realize until she started playing professionally that a female drummer was unusual. Oh, really? Because she her was, she just didn't really. Well, she's
0: part of a musical family. She's I guess, part
1: of yeah. a musical family, yeah. and yeah, I mean, she didn't really see drummers in her dad's band, but she didn't really realize how unusual that was until she started working professionally at fifteen. All right. And then she also mentioned how intense the sexual harassment was.
0: In the industry? or
1: In the industry and particularly for her Ah. that uh, she got a lot of propositions, come spend the night with me, I'll get you a record contract. There was a lot of that that she didn't ever end up availing herself of. Right. She didn't to. I was going to say, to. this
0: is unrelated to Prince.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. No, they had a intimate relationship that was consensual and... Right. ...theoretically and in, as independent as Prince ever got from, you right. know... I mean, he gravitated towards people who had similar interests as he, sure. him, but...
0: Don't we all?
1: Yeah, well, that's true. But she, you know, really put a fine point on how difficult it is to navigate that situation, particularly for women in the industry. It's hard for everybody in the industry because it's very competitive, but that it's, uh, particularly difficult for women because they can be, she said she could understand why the, why some people would choose that route.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Easy.
1: Or just the only way, if you don't have a musical family, you don't have a friend that's Prince. You don't, have the connections?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I've not seen that interview, yeah. so I'll be I'll be watching the tweets and the facebooks to <laughs> okay. see that.
1: You can send me an email if you want.
0: Oh, I did write <laughs> it down. Okay, we'll do.
1: All right. Well, shall we talk about? Music? Let's do.
0: Let's do. First up, we've got uh, a twelve-inch remix of the single for Cuckoo. The album version was 3 minutes and 26 seconds. The remix, as it's titled, mm-hmm. 5 minutes and 10 seconds. Yep. Um, it was released as the third. We're doing these a little out of order, but that's how we do our podcast. So uh, <laughs> you should be used to that by now if you've been listening for a while. This was the third and final single from this album, released on May 8th, 1987. It does have a video that we'll talk about later, too. We're going to
1: do that out of order, too. We're going to bookend this particular episode with yeah. the Cuckoo remix to start yep. and the Cuckoo video to end.
0: It's a Cuckoo sandwich. <laughs> <That's>...
1: <laughs> we've got
0: Cuckoo bread. So it does have. It did have a 12-inch single and a video. And um, I think you mentioned in the last episode that the song reached number 35 on the U.S. Mm-hmm. Billboard Black Album chart, which is... Pretty impressive for yeah. an album that was not a, a huge hit. Did you see who did the remix? It's by David Z, brother of Bobby Z. Yeah, Bobby Z his younger brother.
1: Yeah, he was pretty
0: instrumental in the whole album. Yes, David Z worked with Prince a lot. Most famously, produced Prince's version of "Kiss." Yes. and was credited for it. I wanted to know a little bit more about David Z or David Rivkin. Um, he also produced songs for Billy Idol and Nina Cherry. He produced the Fine Young Cannibal song, She Drives Me Crazy.
2: <gasps> oh, 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 oh.
0: <laughs> and he created the song's signature snare drum sound, according to Wikipedia, which I did not know. Very cool. I also didn't. I love me some Fine Young Cannibals. I'm yeah. Have to go back and listen to that. I swear, they did not blink in that video once. <laughs> he was also a member of Lips Inc., and they had a number one hit with the song Funky Town in 1980. Cool. They were, based in, yeah, they were based in Minneapolis, <laughs> and the song was about trying to get out of Minneapolis and to New York. Huh. And uh, then he would later work with Prince, who probably turned that around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was cool. I had no idea that Funky Town
1: no, was that's uh, awesome.
0: partly thanks to David Z.
1: Thanks, David Z.
0: Yeah. Do-do-do. Won't you take me to. do do Funky Town. Very cool.
1: It is a bit different. It starts differently. It does? Uh, I think it's the same vocal track.
0: I totally agree. Okay. Yeah. Good. If you loved Cuckoo album version, there's no reason you won't like this. Right. But basically, like you said, there's no different lyrics, same lyric track, and I counted three areas of extension in the beginning, middle, and end of the song that made the extra minute and 40 seconds.
1: Okay. I think there was some, like, maybe echoing added to vocals and...
2: Yes. Instruments as yes, well. Yes,
0: I would say different mix, as mm-hmm. it says remix. Yeah. So i say that's true. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like
1: they just added some different effects. Yeah. See, so he was having some fun.
0: He was. Yeah. I kind of wish they had called it extended version, not oh. remix, even though yeah. these little things that you were just pointing out are true. It is a slightly different mix with echoes and um, maybe a little bassier mix okay. than the album version. But I counted those three areas. I was trying to figure out, well, let me see where I can make up the minute and 44 seconds here. Where's that coming from? So can I rattle them off?
1: Yes, please. I
0: have the floor. Step aside.
1: No, I'm not going to leave my microphone.
0: <laughs> okay. Plus, stay, all my notes are here. Stay seated over there. <laughs> like you said, the beginning is different. It's got um, just some like extra snare drum added from mm-hmm. like uh, through the 33 second point, and a little extra snare drum at two seconds that repeats through that, and maybe some other extra little percussion parts before the uh, first verse starts. Yes. Then in the middle of the song where you kind of expect if you've got cuckoo burned into your brain like we do you expect peace mother brother peace of mind where that should be at three minutes and five seconds through three minutes and 33 seconds there's another extended instrumental part similar to the beginning of the song Another 27 seconds or so. From 4 minutes and 19 through 5 minutes and 19 seconds after Sheila says, It's your world for a little while, Mm -hmm. where the album track ends, there's more extended instrumentation um, and additional percussion going. It's your your world. I concur. You agree with my assessment? All of
1: those were in my notes, but not... So specifically pinpointed as this is where the extra time comes from. I
0: was trying to make. I was like, where in the space-time continuum can I figure out how this cuckoo is longer than the album version? Mm-hmm. Um, I also noted that there's a little extra percussion and a little more echo going on at uh, three minutes and twenty seconds with some ghostly l- pads
2: mm-hmm. and some the madhouse of house swooshy stuff uh-huh. going on that we
0: pointed out. Yep, is in there too.
1: I don't remember if it was in the album version, but there's a little kiss sound effect, because a kiss yeah. on the lips is better than a knife in the back, and yep. this one, it sounded, it was a kiss sound effect, but it also sounded a bit like a record pop, which I thought was interesting.
0: Oh. I didn't notice that it was different from the album version. Yeah. The effect well, is there I, on the album version.
1: Maybe it just sounded different amongst all the other things to me. mm -hmm. It may not have actually been any different.
0: We're talking about a kiss sound effect, like the lip sound, not from Uh, the song "Kiss," right? Yeah, I thought you know this is a nice to have track, but does it stand out as a super cool twelve-inch remix? Not, not really. It was, it was fine. It was fun. I'd have been bad about it. No, it's more. This could have been called. Coo-coo-coo. There's an extra coo. It's 30% longer. I mean, if you
1: enjoyed the album version, I'd have been very happy to get this on a Mm -hmm. single.
0: Yep. To have
1: another version of it, a little bit longer, a little weird. Me too. And fun. One thing I didn't mention... We talked about this song the last time. Uh-huh. Where she says, Nothing gained, paradise lost.
2: Maybe they will. Nothing gained, paradise lost. Cuckoo's the trip and death is the cost. It's your word. And it didn't hit me
1: that Paradise Lost is an epic poem Oh, by John Milton from the sixteen hundreds.
0: Did not know that.
1: Yeah, it's a it's very famous. It has it's uh Influence on literature is listed as second only to Shakespeare. Wow, it is very well known, very popular, and except I to
0: Josh Norman, <laughs> co-host of this podcast,
1: <laughs> which is funny because you took a lot of classes where you read
0: literature in yeah. college. I mean, so, I would guess that it was something that I've been exposed to, but do I recall it? No, no, it's
1: a epic poem like
0: Homer's. Yeah work. Well, I'll have to go. I bet that'll show up in the tweets and the Facebooks.
1: uh, It's 10,000 lines. I don't know that uh, you'll uh, be sitting down to read the whole thing. And it was written in the 1600s. So it's not going to be an easy read. But I did think it was worth noting. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you you think that it's related?
1: I don't know that it's really related related. I think it's maybe a commentary on the human condition that you know paradise lost you could look at that as the garden of eden Uh you can look at that as john milton's poem going on 400 years ago you can look at it now we're continually doing this we're Mm -hmm. continually losing paradise in some way and i thought that was just interesting
0: very cool and worth I i did not notice it I have been schooled.
1: I didn't notice it the first go round. Yeah. You know, after listening to it
0: 30 times. Yeah. That's very interesting. Also, since our next song, if you're Uh ready to move on, I was going to mention that, you know, she says paradise lost in cuckoo and there's a paradise gardens, which is the B side to cuckoo. But I had no idea that uh, I had a. 400 year old poem to contend with. Yes. Yeah. I don't think you need to go read it, but, um, yeah,
1: yes. But that was, I think maybe what made the connection for me was listening to paradise garden right after the cuckoo remix.
0: All right. So shall
1: we talk about Paradise Garden now?
0: We can, but is it not Paradise Gardens is the name of the song? I'm sorry. Yes, you're Uh, correct. Because that was one of my first points. We're listening to the extended version of it, the six minutes and 16 second version of it, which was Mm -hmm. the B-side to Cuckoo. On the seven-inch single for Cuckoo, there was an edited version of Paradise Gardens. But why talk about that when we can talk about the full length version that was not edited down. The whole thing. No Prince involvement, which I think is important to note, which again surprises me, much like the five songs that were on this album that had no Prince involvement. You could have told me, or I could have read on Prince Vault, that he had a hand in those and definitely would have believed you. There are so many non-Prince Sheila tracks from this album that do sound very Prince-like. Yes. And this is one of them, even though it's not on the album. Hey,
1: it was a third-person song.
0: Again. Here we go. (laughs) This uh, very dramatic third-person storytelling Uh of Sheila's, which is, we talked about this last time, very common for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like we said just a minute ago, the song's chorus is definitely singular, Paradise Garden.
2: Paradise Garden.
0: No uh-huh. doubt, but the song's name is plural, Paradise Gardens. Yes. And there is very little information about this song yeah. uh, around, so it's difficult to surmise why that might be. A plural title, but a singular chorus. Right. It is a
1: conundrum. And I realized, trying to find out information about the songs by Sheila E. that don't have Prince involvement, how
0: spoiled we are. With Prince Vault and other sources?
1: With, yes. And just that there are so many people. We have Prince Vault, which has a lot of information all in one spot. Right particularly technical aspects and things like that. And then lots of people have written about other stuff and lots of people have asked the questions of who directed this, who, you know, who did the artwork, who did anything you can think of. And as I'm trying to find information about paradise gardens, yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah.
0: Don't you get money if you do a Google search and there are no results? (laughs) Don't they send you a check in the mail? (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's true. But I did come up with that, or it was a bunch of results that were unrelated.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think we're kind of on our own here. Yeah. Um, so
1: we should just, I mean, talk about the music and the lyrics, that's I right. guess. We can't because... be wrong
0: because there's no contrary <laughs> information anywhere. That's right. <laughs> it starts off very gently, like this percussion and piano from the start through about 14 seconds. somewhat repetitive drums and that synthy bass kind of kick in and mm-hmm. repeat throughout the entire song from there. But I thought it sounded gardeny. Sure. Like a, yes. is it the Garden of Eden?
1: Well, and I, that was going to be my question because there's a lyric that I can't understand. And of course, because this is a B-side for Sheila E. and Prince didn't write it. Nobody's transcribed the lyrics.
0: Yes. Did you, you Did you transcribe?
1: I, I didn't for this one. Oh, okay. I um, tr-
0: I tried to transcribe, so we'll see where you are. Okay. And we'll compare with where I am. But I do have... When I submit these to Lyric Find, there's going to be question marks in parentheses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was the oldest story was told. That was told like at 37 seconds. It oh. was the oldest story... Was told, was what I heard, and I'm like, well, that sounds like Adam and Eve Uh to me, and that makes sense with the title. It does. Well, it makes sense with the chorus, not the title,
0: because... Right. There was only... I guess you could say there, there were gardens, the Garden of Eden. There were was know, there multiple. Been, yeah, there may have been pathways for them to walk through. and
1: Right, well, so there might there have were. been different ecosystems for all the That's different right. animals. Yes. Yeah. And for fruits. Some of them like jungles and uh-huh. some of them like You're right. plains.
0: Exactly. Well, this is what I wrote down. I don't have a lot of confidence in this, but I have. <laughs> okay. I breathe when you breathe, I bleed when you bleed. Yes. Every bold story was told, a woman and a man, the forbidden disrobed.
2: Yes,
0: that's where I ended up. Okay, I'll need to go back and listen to that again because it's been a few days. But mm-hmm. that's where I was, and of course, that's where uh, I think. We've got Adam and Eve references here, being right. referred to as children of wonder. Their faces all aglow,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, as they were innocent in the yes. beginning.
1: Yeah, I thought her delivery was really unusual. Mm-hmm. It kind of was like she was in diction class.
0: True. Yes.
1: Which is funny. That I say that because, you know, here we are. We can't understand you. (laughs) We can't quite understand all of the lyrics, but it sounds like she's enunciating very intentionally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I just
1: thought it was really interesting, except for, you know, that second line. And I really liked the poeticness.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: This is back to the... I don't, I just keep calling it the drama and the romance and this kind of stuff that um, yeah. filled Sheila's first two albums. Yeah. Definitely makes an appearance in the garden. Here. Like a
1: bath in thunder.
2: Like a bath in thunder. The passion did grow. Yes.
1: Yeah, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. What a fun image yeah. because thunder is a sound but you can personify it or uh-huh. not really personify it it's not a person you give it a physical representation
2: yes
0: of
1: this hot tub kind of
0: yeah it just it has nothing to do with it but it reminds me being a child and i remember one of my biggest fears being taking a bath when there was a storm like i was sure i was gonna die each and every time <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good thing to have a fear of.
1: Yeah, you're really not supposed to take a bath or a shower during a thunderstorm. Okay.
0: I'm telling you, the message got through. It's like <laughs> whoever, whoever... And your mom was
1: just like, you stink. Go take a bath.
0: Um, But I would try to do it like around. I remember like, you know, looking outside. Is it safe <laughs> to take a shower? I'm scared.
1: Aww. Oh, that's a justified fear. I
0: think so, too.
1: And then I really realized that it wasn't just Prince who was obsessed with virginity in the 80s, because Sheila mentions it in this song as well. Yeah. He washed her as she bled, which yeah. strongly indicates that she was a virgin. Right. Their bodies entwined, dreams laid to rest. Mm-hmm. She no longer had to imagine... What an intimate relationship was like.
2: Yeah. In the blanket, he watched her as she bled. Face with the night, their bodies entwined. Dreams and lays, the moonlight was kind.
1: And I realized this was really at the rise of purity culture. Okay. Which makes a lot of sense why virginity was so, it was this heightened view of sexuality Mm -hmm. where it was very looked upon. So you have, it's a very sexual sort of culture. And then you have this rise of purity culture that theoretically wants to encourage people to abstain. Yeah. But they put such an emphasis on it, that kind of go the opposite way sometimes,
2: too.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, forbidden things become sought after things. Uh, Exactly. you could uh, destroy your own cause very easily Uh, that way. Yep. Yeah. I thought the line right after that, the moonlight was kind. I don't know anything about uh, Paradise Lost, but this was fairly nicely written. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take that. John Milton? David Milton? John Milton. John Milton. That's what I said.
1: <laughs> it is what you said until you second guessed yourself.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Um, I think even after that, too young to remember the sacrifice at 2 minutes and 16 seconds when mm-hmm. she hits and holds a pretty high note there.
2: Too young. To-
0: like a remarkable moment in the song let us not forget the flute solo
1: yes which I thought it gave it this real ethereal yeah it's garden quality yes, like yes, you like- can imagine walking through the botanical gardens I could yes. in the evening with you know, flutes playing, and right, you moonlights. walk to another area, and there's strings playing. Right. Somewhere else, there's a keyboard. Yeah, and, and
0: there's people having sex in the bushes over there.
1: <laughs> I was thinking more like people walking around with wine, but okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. That is very, very much like the San Antonio Botanical Gardens. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the little dance of the flute and the piano uh-huh. was really pretty and then this guitar comes in and it gets a little bit of an ominous feel which i thought was very interesting and very garden of eden evoking yeah
0: it really it was a very good um i don't know emotive kind of song as far as putting a picture in your head of this portrayal
2: yes definitely
0: happened musically for me here And then, like, at five minutes and 36 seconds, it kind of starts to break down. The flute's still featured, and the percussion fades away, and the cysts are there and persist through the end.
1: Yeah, and we get a little uh, Uh we-roll. Which is the
0: little... Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Ridged instrument that you play with a stick yep. made me think of a frog, yep. which also very gardeny sort of feel. Oh, man, very nice. You want to go
0: eat lunch today at the Rainforest Cafe? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but I will eat lunch with a, a soundtrack that they might have at the
0: Rainforest Cafe. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I thought this was a nice track as a ballad. I, I mean, I guess it is a ballad. Yeah, it's a slow song. I mean, I like it better than Hold Me from the album, which we both were not thrilled with in the last episode, uh, since it was both RCs. But I finished this, you know, I listened to it a number of times, and every time I was like, it paints nice pictures, both with lyrics and with instruments. And isn't that what good music is supposed to do? So, I mean, I'd have to put this in the good music category. Yeah, I really liked this song.
1: I found myself with the... Very simple chorus stuck in my head a number of times.
0: Yeah, it doesn't get much simpler than Paradise Garden, although every time it's sung, it makes me, maybe because there are multiple Paradise Garden choruses, Mm. Paradise Gardens, plural title track, title of the track. Okay, well, that's as good as any Yeah, like we said, we can't possibly be wrong about this song because there's no evidence to the contrary. Yeah. So I'll just state it here. Sheila, one night in 1986, when this song was recorded, decided because the chorus repeats a number of times, she was going to make the title plural. Okay. Prove me wrong.
1: (laughs) Okay. I mean, I won't, but if somebody else wants to, you know, get in touch.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And then we have The World is High, the B-side to Hold Me, another song with no Prince involvement.
0: Yeah, and the B-side to a song with no Prince involvement, too. So Mm -hmm. both the A and the B were princeless. Yes. Again, surprising to me. Oh, really? Uh, Well, especially with Hold Me, this one may be less surprised. But it did strike me very quickly that this song, The World is High, along with Cuckoo, Start to touch a little bit on world happenings, the threat of nuclear war—very
1: mm-hmm. sign of the times. Very
0: sign of the time, just like the title track from "Sign of the Times." I could kind of see, but they're they're both not written by Prince, so no no right. Prince input. But you can see how what was going on at the time was so you know um, kind of being absorbed into popular music, and musicians were seeing it, and mm-hmm. that's how we get these songs. This one in particular is a bit of a a Devo vibe to me, especially throwing in some nonsensical lyrics and speak singing and strings and dope 80s beats like the first eight seconds of the song.
1: Okay, so I really thought this sounded like a 1980s performance art piece that's what it sounded like to me yep. and uh performance poetry yep. was something that had come up like in 1982 is when it really started and uh-huh. this kind of felt like a marrying of performance poetry and music yes and it felt like i could see this in some like strange little gallery them doing performance art with, you know, strong spotlights and a very dark yep. room. And, and
0: you as an audience member feel compelled not to leave because <laughs> everyone will know it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Cause there's like 24 people there. Yes. Yeah.
0: In a small dark space. Yes. And, and we're back to a rare non third person song. There's no he or she in this. Right. Um, and like you said, the Lyrics kind of go in and out, and yes, they tell a story and convey a picture to be had in your mind, but it is very scattered.
1: Yes. It's
0: not a string of story from start to finish. Right. this is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah. So what are they saying at like 22 seconds? It sounds like E-H is Kai's or... Oh, I heard radio... It is
0: guys, or the ancient skies. I heard radiation sky.
2: Radiation
0: sky, 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 sky. Because oh, later on, uh-huh. you know, they sing radioactive skies, people drink in cyanide, the world is high. Right. At the very beginning, I think it's just reworded into radiation sky. Oh, that, that was okay. my transcription, See? but again, that's just me.
1: Okay. And I thought radiation that I... Radiation Sky. Yeah. See, and I thought that too. Yeah. After I heard radiation sky later.
0: Radioactive and it, skies is what oh, I hear later. Oh, radio...
1: Oh, yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. But it still... Wasn't quite there. There's an echo on it too, there so it's is, hard it's to, a, it's to make It's really out.
1: hard to understand. Not only
0: radiation sky or whatever that is, but then the first insta- instance of the world is high is just like...
1: <sighs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's a real almost whispered.
0: Like, they don't like even say it. Performance they, art. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What was that? There was an SNL skit where they did that <laughs> kind of thing. So I'm not saying this is bad, and especially since it was done in the 80s, which most of these things kind of mimic or mock now. Right. You know, now that we're 33 years into the future from there, uh, this was more authentic to me, you know, yeah. and and certainly not meant to be funny. No. Um. Even after the wild wow, what is the third line? No, don't take the time to tell me before Johnny's got a bomb.
2: No, don't take the time to tell me. Johnny's got a bomb.
0: I don't know. I don't know I either. Didn't, I didn't write it down. I thought Johnny's got a bomb, which is very emphasized as a kind of a callback to... America from around the world in a day. Yeah. Uh, Even more confounding to me, is it Big Bird Falls from the Sky, Revolution in Your Eyes, The World is High? No, I think it's Drinking Cyanide. Well, no, that's another part of the song. Oh. Yes. I don't know.
1: I didn't transcribe this like you did, so I don't remember what I
0: thought. All right. Well, I'll give you what I have. Okay. First verse by Josh. (laughs) Radiation Sky. High. The world is high. <laughs> no, don't take the time to tell me, question mark. Johnny's got a bomb, definitely. Big Bird falls from the sky, revolution in your eyes, the world is high.
2: Big Bird falls from the sky, revolution in your eyes.
1: The world is high. Okay, that Not makes it sure. big bird, I think is a military term. Okay. Uh, about like uh, maybe nuclear bombs.
0: Okay. It could also be a double meaning. Like it's a, also a Sesame Street character for children, <laughs> which. Yeah. You know, Of course makes yeah. sense. So yeah. Then they get to radioactive skies, people drinking cyanide. The world is high. Yeah.
2: Radioactive skies, people drinking cyanide.
0: Well, in drinking cyanide.
1: That's probably a reference to Jonestown. Okay. Because that happened in 1978. If you're unfamiliar, Jonestown was a cult and had a compound in South America, Guyana. And 900 people, th- about 300 of which were children, drank or were forced to drink flavor aid with cyanide in it. Whoa. And they found nine. Hundred people dead on the compound. A few people escaped. There was a couple people, like there was an old lady who slept through it. Oh, like she had gone to sleep before they did this, and nobody thought to wake her up and give her cyanide flavor aid. Mm. And yeah, so and that's where the term to, you you drank the Kool Aid. That's comes where it from. comes from. Yeah, oh, even wow. though it wasn't Kool Aid, it was flavor aid. It was Jonestown. This terrible cult, and
0: wow, he awful. Wow.
1: Terrible man. It's a fascinating story in the most absolutely horrible way.
0: That sounds like a good topic for your other podcast, <laughs> yes. which I think I'm setting up for you to mention beautifully. About. <laughs>
1: you, you are. And that's actually the reason I know more about it is because I enjoy a little true crime and I have a true crime adjacent podcast, Killer Fun, where we explore the intersection of crime and entertainment. So that's fun. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts.
0: Beautiful. So Thank you very much. That's also a nice segue into the next portion of the song I wanted to mention at 2 minutes and 31 seconds, which I think you'll find the most performance arty of this whole thing, mm-hmm. where you can hear Sheila and others in the band speak singing, Yes. People Die to Live, People Live to Die, So What, What's for Dinner, yes. What's for Dinner, So What.
2: People die to live, people live
0: We're all doing time, 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 time. We're
2: all doing time,
1: time, time,
0: time. The most devo line in the whole song is yes. we're all doing time, time, time. <laughs> so I thought is it bordering on corny now, maybe a little bit, but there it is a, a statement of, you know, everyone is so focused on their day-to-day stuff like what's for dinner. Right. It doesn't matter. It's more about there's life and death going on all around us.
1: Well, yeah. And there's, I kind of think that there's a, uh, they're trying to suggest that the world is high because they're maybe trying to seek a glimpse at the afterlife Mm. without death. Oh. So they say, going to take a trip to the other side. That's after they've talked about, you know, these cyanide bombs, radioactive skies, pollution. Yeah. That, you know, it's a trip that's temporary. And it's kind of seems like they're trying to get a peek at the afterlife without actually having to die. But then at the end, they just don't really care so much. What's for dinner? Oh, well, you know, whether they got a peek at it or not, either they didn't get a peek and. They're just going to give up or they got a peak and they're like, yeah, well, okay.
0: Yeah. What, what do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it sounds like 2020 to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. The I world agree. is,
0: the world is stoned today is what the song <laughs> yeah. will be. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I agree with your assessment on that whole thing. Um, yeah. To me, this was a good, a good example of what a decent B side is supposed to be, or okay. used to be anyway, when there yeah. were singles and B-sides. Like, it's not quite the quality of an album track, but it's not bad. And it's a fun look into tracks considered for the album. This was around, and they were mm-hmm. like, well, it's, this maybe has a home here, but doesn't fit into the 10-song album that we're trying to put together. Right.
1: Or it's a place to be indulgent to B-sides sometimes. Yeah, you're is- right, to
0: explore different types of music or concepts that Mm -hmm. kind of thing
1: i wanted this to be on the album the record company said no yeah we made came to a compromise
0: where i get to put it as the b-side right right yeah
1: then we have love on a blue train full version
0: Ooh, as christy makes air quotes around or those air parentheses air parentheses i guess i need to preentheses? you don't hear me on the podcast next week, it's because I'm buried (laughs) in our backyard, probably in four different places.
1: (laughs) I like true crime podcasts. I don't want to do any
0: crime. (sighs) Uh, So like we said, we're doing these way out of order. So we mentioned this on the last episode where we covered uh, Sheila's album. This is the closing track from uh, the album at five minutes and 29 seconds. This full version is two minutes and ten seconds basically longer and it was the first single from the album essentially um also one of the earliest recordings for this album maybe not even known where it would fit on this album at the time of the single release in 1986 when it first appeared on the glamorous club dance EP which was full of remixes um of Sheila's from prior albums. Yes, the Glamorous Life Club
1: edit, Sister yeah. Fate extended version, and the Belle of St. Mark dance remix. Was Those it in Japan only? Japan only, yep. yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, this if you look at Prince Vault, which we mentioned earlier, this version, that's 7 minutes and 38 seconds, is listed in Prince Vault as, and I'm quoting the original version edited for album release which i guess is partially true but it just wasn't edited there were also horns added that uh which you can hear on the album version and some vocals were also re-recorded yeah. so it wasn't like this was just edited down a couple minutes for inclusion on the album this is a different take on it's like an earlier an earlier version of the song right
1: you made it sound like Last time, like, it was going to be a much different song. And it is a different song, but it's not as different as I anticipated. Oh, did I build
0: up the difference too much? Played it up a little too much, I think. Well, there are some of us who like to play it down, but I like to play it up. (laughs) (laughs) I think this recording is therefore simpler. It's a more quiet version without horns, just like a funk track with... Sheila's percussion, some synthesizers, Prince's guitars, and uh, maybe Levi Caesar Jr. on bass playing on the track. Right. Uh, and yeah, there are there are differences. There are lyrical differences. And um, obviously, obviously, if you're used to the album version, which I was much more familiar with, right. hearing it without horns can be kind of jarring because the mm-hmm. horns are kind of a lead part of the album version. Yes. Of the song. It's
1: still very much like you don't hear it and say, oh, this is a completely different song. This is... A different version of the same song. Yeah. It's
0: almost a work in progress.
1: Right. Right. I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. If there's ever a Sheila E. Super Deluxe Edition, which there will never be, (laughs) the song would be on it.
1: Based on the difficulty we've had finding information about things that were not involved with Prince, I would say there will never be a Super Deluxe version of
0: this. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure you're right. So the first major lyric difference to me is Sheila saying through her nose, the E-Train <sighs> is leaving on track 19. Yeah. Which also, also happens to appear at 3 minutes and 19 seconds into the song. Yes, it did. <laughs> the E-Train is leaving on track 19. Blue train. You're shaking your head like you found that. I did, also. and I
1: thought it was very fun. Three nineteen, because you big gold experience fan here, yep. so three nineteen. It is.
0: Yeah, this is a big station, by the way, too. Of track nineteen. It's like Grand Central. Yeah, King's Cross. Okay, I'm just saying it's, it's big. It's big. This is not some rural funky blue train oh no this
1: is a downtown blue train yeah
0: this is a metro line (laughs) that's right we get more vocalizing by sheila from three minutes and 51 seconds to four minutes and two seconds kind of stuff that's not on the album version or if it is on the album version it's buried in the mix underneath everything that's going on plus the horns that they added
1: Yeah, I can see why they made it a little shorter for the album. This one got a little long and a little repetitive. But then they, they still have the upside your head.
0: They do, but, but there are different things going upside your head. That's right.
1: It's tomorrow upside your head. Right. And next week upside your head.
0: on the album version it was jerome and maserati
1: uh, which doesn't really make as much sense like jerome upside your head i always thought of it as like she's talking to jerome i can just imagine like somebody giving him
0: like a cuff like oh, upside your head Is i like... didn't think it was an attack plan against jerome and maserati i saw it more like these are parts of our band that are gonna get into your head or that are really good. Uh-huh. You know, like she right. could like Prince could have said Cat Glover, upside your head. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know why tomorrow and next week would be upside your head. No, I it that seems I like a little bit of a loss for something to say, but we've got to come up with a cool phrase here. Or
1: maybe just this song's so catchy. It's going to be stuck inside your head
0: That's tomorrow true. and next week. You mean like from the Lego mm. movie, the second part. This blue train's going to get stuck inside you.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: Other little differences from 6 minutes and 6 seconds to 6 minutes and 22 seconds when she sings "All aboard and give it to me" and there's some extra there's an extra little synth line there that is very very super prince. And I had never really, I hadn't heard this before we started doing this episode. I did not know of the glamorous club dance EP. Okay, this was new to me. Okay. Um, so there's this synth line in there during that 16 second part that is super super princey. and I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So at six minutes and thirty-one seconds, where there's this drum breakdown and they're singing, "Locomotive, rock me, nothing's gonna stop me," was a very different part mm-hmm. of the song too that wasn't in the album version. Yeah,
2: the
1: whole end. Yeah, very, all that extra, very jammy. different.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yep. That's why I was saying that I thought it was different. I had this. It's more different from the album version than Cuckoo Remix was from the album version. Yes, At I agree with that. At least give me that. that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: All right. All right. I thought it was neat to be able to hear what seemed to be what they thought was a basically finished version of the song, ready for release, and see how they kind of refined it. Uh more for the album is a cool insight into the making and the craftsmanship of the album
1: i absolutely
0: agree very cool all
1: right we're gonna take a real quick break and we'll be right back with love and sex
0: i am with my friend holly
2: hi dave
0: hey holly i am dave and we've got a podcast. This is our intro music to the What Difference does It Make podcast. We talk about the 80s.
2: And we talk about our favorite radio station growing up in Los Angeles, KROQ, Rock of the 80s. We get into the nitty gritty of their top chart from every year in the 80s, and we're already up to 1983. We love talking about this music and uh, just getting into the songs and what, what they meant to us. To into other people. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Besides talking about the music that we love, we also talked to some of our favorite artists, such as... Take it, Holly. Who have we talked to?
2: Oh, my gosh. We have spoken to Jefferson Starship, which was a blast. We spoke to Kathy Valentine uh, about her memoir and about the Go-Go's. Do you remember really early on, we talked to Trevor Steele from The Escape Club?
0: Yes, that was a good one, too. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. We've also talked to Chris Franz of Talking Heads. And we've talked to Brown Mark of Prince and the Revolution. We're getting a lot of great interviews, and I'm having a great time. And I think you will if you listen to our podcast, What Difference Does It Make?
2: And now the What Difference Does It Make podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon podcast family.
1: Thanks for sticking with us through that quick break.
0: We're Boy, when you said we were going to be back with Love and Sex... (laughs) I thought this was some kind of promise.
1: (laughs) I mean, it was a promise to talk about this song.
0: Right, Um, right. No, 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 no. I I knew that. I knew that. (laughs) I knew that.
1: Those things don't happen on a podcast that we make.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, they do not.
1: (laughs) They might happen on somebody else's podcast, but not on this one.
0: So, Love and Sex. This is a confusing thing because Prince had previously used that title, Love and Sex, for a 1984 recording that was officially released on Purple Rain Deluxe. Not to be confused with Purple Rain Super Deluxe because there is no such thing. Uh, Which I think means there might be someday.
1: I I hope so.
0: I hope so too because I was a little disappointed. Um, But, anyway... We get this version recorded with Sheila E. And we why? assume
1: that Prince and Sheila wrote it.
0: Yes. And we ask ourselves also, why, why, why wasn't this on the album? Yeah. It was rejected. Yeah. Also, a version of it is going to be on Sign of the Times Super Deluxe.
1: Which I can't wait Not to hear. Not sure
0: if it's the same unreleased song we have here or if it's Prince's version with only him singing. Sheila sings, I would say, 95% lead on this, although Mm -hmm. Prince does make appearances. Right, he does. I I wrote a a duet, kinda. Yeah. But with (laughs) Sheila more at the forefront. um, Yes. Along with what I'll assume are Eric leads on saxophone. Um, Only Prince and Sheila are listed as musicians on Prince Vault, but I know for a fact that neither of them are playing the horns that are on this song. Right. Um, to me, it sounds like an Eric Leeds, Atlanta Bliss, Sign of the Times horn section, the anti-revolution, as they called themselves. Yes. So great insight. I mean, I'm sure when they recorded it, they were they had to make an effort to step back and look at themselves and consider themselves youthful because they make a lot of references to it. You know, there's a lot of great insight into their youth, mm-hmm. a couple youngins in a grown-up world.
1: Uh-huh. Yes. This is such a fun song.
0: Yeah, it is a lot of fun. It's catchy. It's fun. It sounds happy. It yeah. sounds like celebratory.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think the chorus is great, especially if you like county fairs.
1: <laughs> yeah, Love
0: and sex and emotional merry-go-round. It's like riding on a Ferris wheel upside down. Every time I see you, my heart just pounds and my legs go weak, so hard to speak. All I can say is I'm under your hex. All I want to do is you, love, and Uh long pause. Yeah. Sex. Usually. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you get the rhyme for hex, and sometimes you have to fill it in yourself.
2: That's right. (laughs)
0: Not gonna do all the work for you, Christy.
1: <laughs> I never asked them to.
0: <laughs> I'm glad that you found this song
1: fun. Oh yeah. She calls herself crazy. Uh-huh. Look at you out of control. Uh-huh. So in love with a crazy girl. Look at you out of control. So
2: in love with a crazy girl. Claiming that I got you under some kind of mm-hmm.
1: But then she kind of says that maybe all of her actions aren't uh, warranted. They're unnecessary behavior when she says that she's trying to seduce him even though they're already together and he doesn't really need seducing anymore. It's
0: just the thing you do.
1: That's right. (laughs) But it was kind of unnecessary behavior, so it's kind of like, well, you know, maybe I am crazy because... Right. I'm doing this unnecessary thing. Yeah,
0: That's part was... of the fun nature of how mm-hmm. the song was written. Yeah. I think you can hear Prince's first appearance around a minute and 43 seconds when she sings, you're the only thing I want to do with my time. In the background, he kind of sings it back to her. Mm-hmm. I thought
1: you could hear him a little bit earlier.
0: Oh, well, please like insert minute, here.
1: Yeah, minute and nineteen twenty. Okay. It was real, like, underneath.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: very buried. Yeah. Um, where you really can hear him is the guitar solo at 2 minutes and 18 seconds. Yeah. Super great guitar solo. Horns going on. It's quintessential Prince guitar.
1: Mm-hmm. I really liked the Sheila's performance at about a minute 40. She says, check me out a little bit forward, mm-hmm. but you know... I'd be speaking my mind yep. and it had a real Macy Gray sort of yep. quality to it. Yes. I was like, "Oh, that's really cool. That's You're
0: totally right.
2: Out, a little bit forward, but you know, I been speaking my mind. The only thing that I do with my time,
0: Very fun. Good note. You can really hear Prince um after the chorus. Uh, during the chorus, after his guitar solo at two minutes and twenty nine seconds, when he says the the line "So hard to speak,"
2: yes,
1: yes, and I can't wait to hear the super deluxe version of this. To is it this one? Are the vocals that we're hearing here just like minimized yeah. I, I don't you know. know to and she sung over it yeah you know did he perform this with her did she I can't wait to hear it and of course by the time this comes out we'll be able to stream it right. we won't have it in our physical hands but we'll be able to stream it and well, know no. for sure Yes. but
0: but as of whatever this is September 20th yes we have no clue
1: that's right and we're Excitedly
0: anticipating, yep. yeah,
1: many things. But right now, I'm particularly anticipating this song.
0: Yeah, and having it in a little bit better quality because the circulating version of this unreleased track is a little muddy. It's a little quiet. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not. It's not great. Um, but but is listenable. The better the song is, the more you're willing to put up with. Uh, maybe a little uh, Degradation and quality yes. And this one I'm willing to put up with A lot
1: Absolutely agreed Get the old timey organs
0: Yes uh, When the song breaks down At like 3 minutes and 40 seconds You yep. get kind of like a church organ And percussion and horns That just kind of meanders a little bit Through mm-hmm. the end <laughs>
1: Which it gave it a fair feel yep. to me as well. You know, you, that's the kind of organ that you would hear at, yeah. you know, old-timey traveling entertainment like that.
0: Yeah, the yeah. carney organs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I yeah. think because they didn't have to be tuned.
0: Oh, is that why? Uh, maybe. For moving? I don't know. I think they... That's something I'm not prepared for on this podcast <laughs> is why did organs and old fairs not need tuning? <laughs> You present excellent questions. Well, I, did that I don't have the answer to because it just now occurred no, to me. I didn't say you had the answers. I said <laughs> you present great questions. <laughs> Good. So here's a question. Okay. Why didn't they play some of these songs on the Sign of the Times tour? That is a really excellent question. After listening to the album and the soul salsa instrumental... This was something that we asked ourselves in our last podcast was like, wow, why didn't they work some of this into the tour? Help a Sheila out. She's <laughs> behind the drums. And well, they it turns out they did. Once. One time. Grand total of <laughs> once, once in Italy on uh, June 9th, 1987. Yes, they did the largely
1: instrumental soul salsa.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep, it's in the position where the song Now's the Time would normally be played after Hot Thing and before uh-huh. If I Was Your Girlfriend, which is yep. how the concert film is set up also. Right. I thought it say. sounded slightly more upbeat and loud, performed live, even though it's an audience recording. It it's is. not It's not a great recording of it, but no. you hear a call out for Sheila.
1: Uh-huh.
2: So awesome. Yeah, they say
1: something to her yeah. and she... They call her name and she answers. Yes.
0: Yeah. Lots of energy and great horns by Eric Leeds in Atlanta Bliss. And I thought it really fits in with the... I mean, interestingly, interestingly, it fit in, even though it's got this Latin kind of flavor. Right. But this was a break in the concert anyway. It was almost like a costume change moment for Prince. Because he was not on stage, I don't think. Mm. Um, And I thought it fit great. Yeah. And there's like... People vocalizing
1: mm-hmm. along, and it's really fun. And there's these super strong, fast drums. Then there's fast organs and scents, There's fast horns. You know, they have the uh, mambo sa, so sa
0: mm-hmm. sa. Yep. You know. Yeah, that's like in a minute and 27 seconds when we get our first call out for uh-huh. Mambo sa. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that you really like know the name of the song
0: yes yeah yeah which i would guess that most people in attendance probably had not heard no probably not yeah so the one thing i was wondering is like from a minute and 43 seconds to two minutes 23 seconds there's a percussion solo by sheila Uh
1: huh it's bafflingly fast it's amazing
0: but it's also they had to have been using a drum machine in addition to her soloing yeah uh because i have no idea how Drum machines were used during that concert. Mm-hmm. You know, for "Forever in My Life" and "If I Was Your Girlfriend" and "Sign of the Times" because we saw the mm-hmm. whole band. You know, comes out on stage and the right. no one playing drums. So my guess is that there was a drum machine being used in part of this song too because mm-hmm. of that.
1: Yeah. There's fun audience engagement. They are, yeah. She it's...
0: doesn't Sheila like get them involved by kind of yelling,
1: "Come on!" Yeah, she's kind of a <laughs> trilling sort of noise yeah.
0: encouraging the audience. I think that's during the a breakdown, like at two minutes forty six seconds. There's a lat, the little Latin keyboard part, and there's catcalling and audience clapping and getting engaged, mm-hmm. which I thought was really pretty fun. And if you think about it, this is basically. Sheila's band on stage at this point it's her right. on drums it's Bonnie Boyer yeah um it's Miko Weaver Levi Caesar Jr. who all you know had Sheila E kind of origin stories and you know their introduction to Prince's band the exception would be Dr. Fink
1: yeah and then it kind of changes to now's the time a little bit it
0: does yeah for the drum solo at yeah. the end which yeah. is very similar to the one in the concert film
2: mm-hmm
1: Yep, and then it ends with horns.
0: Yes. And it's fun. I thought it, thought it was, was very cool. I I wish they'd done this
1: more often. It makes me a little sad that it only got to be done once.
0: Lucky Ooh. Milan. Yes. Don't don't know why. It'd be interesting to hear from her. Like what were what what got it to be included and then what made it disappear.
1: Yeah. Alright, and then we have our final thing that we're gonna talk about today. The video for
0: Cuckoo. The bottom piece of bread in our cuckoo sandwich. That's
1: right. Man, this is it's so, so, so 80s.
0: Yes, it is. It's,
1: I mean, uh, the song is very 80s yep. to begin with, but there's this neon, mm-hmm. their outfits. Uh Sheila's got these like mirrored earrings. Yeah. The heart-shaped earrings which we'd see in sign of the times. Yep. Something similar. They had neon lipstick on. The art
0: Yeah, on the walls. On the
1: walls and the floor is very very yeah. 80s pop. Very around the world in the day like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just this mishmash of stuff.
1: Yeah, a mishmash of stuff, but some of the art styles kind of call back to that it was a little more haphazard than mm-hmm. what we saw, like, on the cover of Around the World in a Day. Yeah. But it was more like a collage, mm-hmm. but it had sort of similar art styles. I couldn't find anything about who did the art for that.
0: No, I couldn't either.
1: I looked and looked. I couldn't find who... Yeah, I director a uh, or... Director. I couldn't find who the kids doing jump rope uh-huh. were.
0: Yeah, there were two girls. Both, I both girls? I think there's...
1: I think there were at least 3 several children okay. jumping rope. Yeah. Couldn't find I mean even the IMDb listing for it only had Sheila. E. It didn't even have Cat Glover on it.
0: Let us tweet at Sheila and see if she will answer us for some information about the cuckoo video because since I couldn't find anything, I made an ingredients list for this video. Oh. It's simple. Small room, bright paint, 80s clothes, cat and Sheila, go. It's mainly the two of them dancing around this Mm -hmm. small set. Yeah. And then there's some... didn't really
1: feel that small, really. Um, I
0: think it was just from camera work and them being in corners mostly, too. Yeah. Um, then there's some either black light or inverting color effects that made Sheila's hair white in, in parts, too.
1: There was like mirroring effects. Yeah,
0: almost like wind doves Cry uh-huh. mirroring effects and in the video.
1: A, yeah, a negative. They had a star would come yes. over Sheila's and face and then roll off out. the screen. Yes. I thought it was really fun. I mean, for yeah. like probably a fairly low budget. Oh,
0: yeah. Very low 80s budget. 80s
1: movie 80, movie. 80s video. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. Not just yeah. a concert. Performance, yeah, right. which is there's nothing wrong with that. That yeah. this
0: was it was lip-synced and danced. And, uh-huh. Yeah, Kat's in it, although her screen time is limited to like one second cuts. She's very, do I want to say marginalized in this video? She's a she's a back. She's dancing next to Sheila. Yes, but she is not on camera very long at all. No,
1: she's not. The longest she's on camera is pretty wide shots. Right. Too,
0: yes. So. I will say, as a person who wears glasses out of necessity, I'm always a little offended a bit by people wearing frames with no lenses inside. Sheila's doing that here. Yeah. I mean, like, who do you think you are?
1: Sheila in 1987. Uh, no,
0: they didn't want glare coming off of her glasses, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, she's wearing frames, but no, yeah, no lenses. Yeah. Yeah, got them I... off the display floor at Lens Crafters. <laughs> Let's get this video shop. I got a re- shot. I've got to return these frames. <laughs> Before the mall closes at nine. <laughs> yeah, oh, I also wanted to mention there are some type overlays that are not nearly as artsy as what we saw in Jill Jones's Mia Bo- Boca video. Right. Um, yeah, it was silly, harmless, low-budget video. They were fun, fun enough. But yeah, I also... it
1: was mm-hmm. And then uh, there some was of the, there were like other lines. some, like some. They were like stamped on. It which was like outlined
0: fun. type that you kind of see through. Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, you mentioned, obviously, low budget. But So I was like, well, I'm trying to think of other more successful videos that were, were like during that time, like Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer with all the mm-hmm. stop-motion animation and tiny pieces of fruit that fall into his mouth and uh, Land of Confusion by Genesis with the puppets that were mm-hmm. custom-made. This was, while well, it's fun to watch and it's fine, the song called Cuckoo, um... It was kind of just like goofing around with a few cameras and video effects and like spend a day, shoot it and edit it and you got a video.
1: Yeah. Something to put on MTV. Yes. So now that we've talked about everything we're going to talk about, we have some selections to make. Right. Our rules are, let's see if I can get them right this week. You struggled last time. I did. I hope you wrote them down. So the first thing we choose is a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. All of this is fairly close. We choose a C, not that it's bad, though it could be bad. The low point, the S-E-A, the bottom for us, the thing we liked the least. And then we choose a mountain, the thing that we like the most. Woohoo! Woohoo, I did it. All right, these are my rules, and I said them correctly, so I get to go first. Right. So the time capsule. Yep. Those outfits, that set, that song's got to be
0: the cuckoo video. It's got to be. I'm going to jump in and say, same. Uh same Same-sees. Okay. There's no contest. I
1: mean, there really isn't. I mean, if there's something that you could listen to or watch out of this material that says 1987- The cuckoo
0: video is it. For sure, which is amazing, as the cuckoo video does that. I watched Sign of the Times, the concert film, and it seems fairly, I mean, more on the timeless side to me. Beautifully lit and, I mean, yes, you've got the jean jackets and the pins and that kind of stuff, but it is way more timeless than this three-and-a-half-minute video.
1: Well, I'm certain there was a lot more care taken
0: to the sign of the times video For sure it took more than half a day to shoot yeah. and no one had to return anything to the mall afterwards right <laughs> exactly all right
1: the c the S- low point a yeah yep i mean i really really wanted to like the world is high
0: uh-huh oh the I really the artsy performance because
1: it's weird and risk-taking yeah and i just i didn't really like it all that much I wanted to like it. I could appreciate all the parts of it. I could appreciate all the things that they said and did that were weird and interesting, but I still just
0: didn't like it. Okay. I mean, they said as much themselves by not including it on the album and relegating it to a B-side. Yeah. So I get that. For me, it was the Cuckoo remix. Okay. I just didn't. It's got a cool, you know, the the album version of the song, most princey kind of song on the whole album, really. Yeah. So I was hoping that it would go different places, maybe have some different lyrics, and it just didn't go anywhere. Mm. Call it Cuckoo Extended, and I'd be more on board. And like you said, it's not that it was bad, because I enjoy listening to it. It was just the thing that disappointed me the most. Oh, with the promise were. of a remix for kind of a cool track called Cuckoo. Yeah, you're hoping and for it, more. It was just spread out. It mm. was like they took the same uh, salsa and watered it down to make it go further. <laughs> and I'm not talking about soul salsa. I'm <laughs> talking about chips and
1: salsa. See, and I felt like it was more like they added more tomatoes to the salsa. Okay. You know, to make it well, go further. So it made it less spicy. Yeah. There but was, it was
0: still fine. There was the same amount to love. It's just over a longer period of time yeah. or across a bigger dish.
1: There you go. Yeah. And I think we're done with our food analogies now.
0: <laughs> I could come up with more, but let's go on.
1: And then the mountain, the thing that we like the most. I had right. a hard time picking, and I actually didn't pick until this morning. Okay. I really loved how poetic and interesting Paradise Gardens was, Uh but I have to go with love and sex with the music and the delivery and the fun lyrics and the joy in it.
0: Yeah, the guitar solo. The guitar solo. Which you don't get a lot of in this era for Sheila E. The guitar solo is not a, there's a little bit of it on the album, but a lot of it was within, like, on Hold Me. Uh Uh-huh places where I just I wanted to move on from right yeah yeah I was so close to picking love and sex uh-huh and it's a second a close second for me I kept really enjoying going back to listen to love on a blue train I know you seem like it you seem to think it meandered a little too long but for me um it was primarily because of how interesting it is to listen to a pre horn version That was basically final and appreciate the additional work done for the album version to add horns, shorten it a little bit, make it a little tighter. As a closing track to the album, I thought it gave great insight into kind of the process of recording, and that was fun for me.
1: Very cool. I totally agree, and I loved Love on a Blue Train,
0: but... Yeah, my mountain it was last our, it was time. both of our mountains the last time that's so right
1: i wanted to go in a different direction wanted to get
0: on track 18 <laughs> not 19, 19. <laughs> so we've wrapped up sheila e that's right we are now into the meat oh thank god uh-huh it's been a long time waiting
1: yeah we've been waiting i give and myself waiting. a lot
0: of credit for how patient i've been <laughs> September 25th, 2020. Uh-huh. And all the BS that has happened in 2020 for, for this to finally arrive. Is, yep. I don't know. Just a spark of hope and fun. I just want to get my hands on it. But that's what we'll start with next time. That's right. Is Sign of the Times, the album, Disc One, Remastered. Yep. Man, does it need to be remastered? I can't wait to hear Bernie Grundman's work on this remaster. I'm looking so forward to it. It is, I feel like ever since I got this on CD, which was 1987, 1988, it sounded so thin and quiet. And I kept thinking, man, my cassette sounded better than this. Aww. And I still feel that way here 33 years later. Uh huh. So to be on the eve of hopefully getting that remedied once and for all for a masterpiece like this. Yes. Is very exciting to me.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Please do rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It really does help us get found and we'd like to be found so we can continue to make this podcast. If you can't give us a five star review, do send us an email. And let us know why and we will take that under advisement. Don't forget if you'd like a sticker. I still have some. I'll be happy to send you one
0: you can stick it
2: on stuff
1: that's right wherever you want you don't need to be precious about it it's not like you don't have to be like I can't ever put this sticker
0: anywhere let me never peel it off it's white backing
1: (laughs) (laughs) no enjoy the stickers until next time happy purple listening friends
0: thanks again Yeah. But with Sheila more at the forefront, yes. um, along with what I'll assume are Eric Leeds on saxophone. Mm-hmm. Only Prince and Sheila are listed as museum. Or...
1: As museum. <laughs> That'll go at the end. <laughs>